Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, our body is a gift from the creator. This is a license to invest in ourselves, not an admonishment. If you woke up to a brand new car, for instance, in your driveway and a note card that said, hey, from God, you'd be ecstatic and you would take care of that baby. How about your body? Well, after letting his health go, Dr. Lee Warren committed to caring for himself. And here in our habit show, he made this statement. Our body is a gift to us from the creator. That's where I got the title. He's lost weight and increased his energy. And it was a reminder that self-care is a priority instead of something left to last after you take care of everyone else. Again, we can only give out, pour out what we've got within us. Well, Dr. Warren, he was my guest in show 743, where we talked about the massive value and necessity of hope, something he knows well as a renowned neurosurgeon dealing daily with trauma and tragedy. Well, along with health, we walk through, of course, the other six spokes in the Ziegler wheel of life with Dr. Warren, and you'll be inspired by what a top doctor and author does to keep himself as well as possible, um, especially amongst uh pretty hardcore schedule. Uh, I highly encourage you to check out his book. I've seen the end of you. I just gave it as a Christmas present to my business partner, uh, but you can get it wherever you get books and pre-ordered. It comes out actually on January 7th, 2019. Uh, you can also check out the Dr. Lee Warren podcast and find him at his website, wleewarrenmd.com. So I'll bring you Dr. Warren and his habits right after I share some great products and services with you. All right, Leo, well, I'm eager to walk through these seven spokes of your habits. And I actually, uh, I, I'll, I'll steal your thunder on a couple of them because I know them from reading the book. I, your morning habit is pretty tremendous of when you get up. And I know that's a lot of when your book writing happened and whatnot. But uh, so I'm eager to go through some of these uh, because I've gotten a little taste of them. Well, the first one we start off with is the, just the physical nutrition. What are the things that you're doing habits wise for yourself in those areas? And uh, matter of fact, I, th I looked, I think it was Facebook or something. And I saw, um, gosh, something where you, uh, a new exercise thing that you're involved in or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about it. So it's funny. My, um, I didn't come from a family of athletes or, you know, we were mathletes maybe, <laughs> but I was sort of a couch potato type, um, most of my life growing up. Um, and of course years of school and residency and all that, I was never really into, um, fitness or any of those things. And then, um, when I married Lisa, she was a real athlete, like a great swimmer and, and, and a gymnast and all those things and a runner. And, and she, kind of convinced me that I needed to kind of turn my physical life around and, mm. and we both got in pretty good shape. But then after Mitch died, um, I really quit. Um, I, I quit, I worked, I ate Cheetos and, you know, did, did all the wrong stuff. And, and then we moved to Wyoming in 2015 and I got really busy again. And, um, I gained about 30 pounds between 2013 and, and the middle of this year, 2019. And Lisa and I both kind of gotten out of the kind of shape that we wanted to be in. And in April of 2019, we just both said, it's time to, it's just time to get back on our feet and, and really get all the, the things of our lives moving in the right direction again. And we bought a Peloton treadmill and subsequently a Peloton bike yeah. and just connected with that community. And I'm not an endorser of Peloton, but they have created something that for me was 
the thing that can get me on the treadmill at 5 a.m. every day or get yeah. me on the bike every day. And, and uh, both of us have gotten back in shape. I've lost about 25 pounds since April. Wow. And I'm running again every day and riding. And it's just, it's just kind of restored my mental and physical connection to my body. And, and I feel good about myself again. And, and uh, it's been a real, a real great thing. And I, I really credit Peloton for creating that community that made me want to get back out there every day. And they, they have done a great job with community and uh, they've knocked on the door of advertising on the show. I'd really like them to do that because I'm a fan and yeah, I've seen what they've done. Uh, what about on the nutrition side? So, um, Lisa professionally before she ran our practice was, a had a dual career as an interior designer and a chef. And oh, so wow. she's really into fitness and nutrition and she eats well and cooks well for our family. And, and so she has uh, taught me to put down the Cheetos and, you know, I, I stopped drinking soft drinks about 10 years ago and, um, and now pretty much drink water, coffee in the morning and just water most of the time. And really careful about, um, the things that we put into our bodies. And I still have a, a desire to go towards the savory or the salty or the, yeah. you know, the gravy and that sort of thing. But she's taught me to all things in moderation and reasonable quantities and all that kind of stuff. And so the nutrition side, um, as far as the food that I eat, I've, I've grown a lot because of my association with her. Um, and then we've understood too, that you, as you age, especially you do need supplements and vitamins. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and so I've, I've tried to think about, um, the idea that our body is really a gift to us from our creator and I need to honor God um, by trying to make that as good as I can make it. That's well, well said. Second spoke here, family and friends, really just relationships, those close relationships in your life. What are the things you're doing to keep those where you want them? So our kids are all grown. In fact, we're leaving tomorrow to go down to uh, Auburn, Alabama, where our youngest daughter, uh, Kaylin, is graduating from Auburn University. Really? So War Eagle, by the way. <laughs> so if, uh, <laughs> sorry, Bama fans. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but if, you know, we've been, we've been putting kids through college for the last 13 years and she'll be the last one to graduate. Um, wow. You're going to go through that <laughs> um, <laughs> with nine of them. So, um, she's going to grad school and she got a scholarship. So we're done paying tuition after, after tomorrow. Wow. Um, but so family has, it evolves and changes when your kids are out of the house. Um, and it becomes almost, almost harder in a way you have to be more purposeful about the phone calls and the emails and, and spending time together and connecting on holidays. And, and now we have, we have, um, a son who lives here in Casper, but he's getting married and moving back to San Antonio in March. And then we have a daughter, uh, and a son-in-law and two grandkids in San Antonio. And then we have a daughter and a son-in-law and a six month old grandson in North Carolina and then Kalen in Alabama. So we're really spread out and it takes a lot of intentionality to put your family in the same place at the same time. And, yeah. and so we're starting traditions where we do that, where we have a beach trip every year and we're going to connect at holidays every year and just, we're really focusing in a different way. Um, and once you have grandkids, like you, like, you know, um, that's a whole new ball game. Like, you know, it's, uh, um, there's an old comedian that said grandkids are re God's reward for not killing your own kids when they were growing <laughs> up. Like, yeah. like it, it, it just creates another layer of your ability to pass on your story and your values and your faith to another generation. And we're working real hard to, to try to create opportunities to do that. Ah, beautiful. Mental is the next one, Lee, just that mental spoke to keep your mental edge, acuity, sharpness. What are you doing there? 
Um, I think reading is one of the biggest things uh, that I do to stay sharp. I think exposing yourself to other people's ideas and, and thoughts. Um, so Lisa and I, for several years now, have had a discipline of reading, trying to read a book every week. Um, and this is probably the fourth or fifth year in a row that we've done that. Um, almost every single week have read a book uh, from front to back and many times using audiobooks too. Um, but I think reading for me is one of those key things that keeps me sharp. Um, and then just exposing myself to great ideas that other people have, um, whether it's through friendships or, or mentors or, or um, reading or through other relationships, just finding ideas to think about to try to challenge myself to look at a problem from more than one way. Yeah. Financial, uh, financial spoken that I know you as a business owner have a lot that's happening there and then your personal finances. So what are the, some of the things that you've done and maybe still do to keep you financially where you want to go? I know one is to get your kids off of college tuition so you right. can save more money. <laughs> get out of the funding other people phase and yeah. fund yourself. I think the one thing I would encourage people is um, you are never too young to be an investor. Um, every, every dollar that you, that you earn in your lifetime, um, you need to understand the difference between income and wealth, right? So no matter how much you earn, that's not your wealth, that's your income. And, and wealth comes from saving and investing dollars over a long period of time. And so the most important lesson I think that, that we learned in, in our sort of pursuit of growing a practice and, and doing that whole thing that most doctors do was buying things and acquiring a lot of stuff isn't wealth and it doesn't create freedom it creates slavery hmm. so if you're pursuing the acquisition of things so that you can appear to have achieved a certain status in your life there's an end to that that's not good because your ability to generate that kind of income will taper over time or something will happen and you'll be exposed to yourself as um, a person who has not been wise with your finances if you're not careful. So at some point I realized that investing and saving and paying myself first after, after paying the Lord back for what he's done was far more important than anything I could purchase. And we made a decision, Lisa and I, several years ago that we cared more about experiences than possessions. And so we sought, we sought out, instead of spending money on buying something, we, we would spend time creating an experience for our family or for our relationship that would be a memory that we would have forever that wouldn't, as Jesus said, you know, corrode and rust and, and crumble. Yeah. And so those are, those are things that matter to me financially. My, my kids have attested to that so strongly to us. They'd rather have an experience, do something than have the next whatever. I'm so grateful for that. Fifth spoke Lee is spiritual. Uh, which obviously this is uh, the lead for you, I know, but tell us what some of the daily habits that you put in place to keep you where you want to be. So I think God gives us a lot of examples in the Bible that he cares about first. He cares about, about being the first thing you think about. And so I've tried to discipline myself, and it's really become important to me for my mental health too, to spend the first few minutes of my day every day with, with him. And so the first thing I do when I get up is I pour a cup of coffee. I sit down at my desk, I put headphones on and, and there's a worship playlist and I play some worship music and I read the Bible every morning. And then the first email I send every morning is to Lisa. Hmm. I call it Lee mail. Um, <laughs> and I send her an email and I talk a little bit about what I've read in the word that morning while she's still sleeping and something I want her to gain out of what I've spent time doing that morning. And I find that if there's a day when I get called into the ER or if I, have not 
balanced, budgeted my time well, and I've got to do some other kind of work first that I really feel poorer and, and unprepared for the day if I don't have that time to get my spirit right first. And so, mm-hmm. so worship music and Bible reading and prayer time first 30, 45 minutes of every day, um, I think is, has paid me more dividends than I've ever paid back into that. You, you know, my, I just went on a week vacation. My business partner, Randy just uh, went on a two week vacation. Both of us came back and in sharing uh, about the time we both uh, admitted that we did not take our usual morning time with God during that vacation time. Uh, you know, kids were up, it was, you know, different uh, things were right. a different schedule. We didn't do that. And how we both felt a little bit unattached because of that. And both vowed next time we go, we will plant that into our vacation time uh, yeah. because we were just, uh, just, just weren't centered. That was the word we came. We just felt a lack of, of being centered as normal. And, you know, on your morning routine though, just to, just to, cause it was a curious thing. I mean, you talked in the book that it was your more, what's your normal wake up time? 3am. That's an early wake up time. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Uh, that's significant. Uh, where, where, when is that on the, on the health side? Right? I was, was going to say, uh, yeah, when did that, when did that start and why three? So it really started when I, when I decided that I had to write a book the, the, with no place to hide. Um, it, it started with, if I'm going to do this and learn how to write and write this book, I have to have my spiritual time, which is about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And I've got to have my time with my family before I go to work. And then my work demands that I be there at a certain specified time. So if I'm going to do that thing, I've got to get up an hour earlier than I normally did. Mm-hmm. I was always around four or so because just the way my schedule works, I had to be at the hospital by six or so. So I said, if I'm going to write this book, I got to get up at three. And so I would spend that first hour with my spiritual development and then write for an hour before I started. My family would usually be up by then and I would start the, the normal day. Right. So it's the thing they say about entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs are people who are willing to do things that other people won't do so they can live like other people can't live. Right. Yeah. And that's, so if you're going to have a full-time practice and work a hundred hours a week as a neurosurgeon, but you also want to learn how to write books. You got to get up in an hour. Yeah. What time are you going to take it out? You're going to take it from somewhere, somewhere, either from your family or from early morning hours. What's bedtime for you? What's bedtime for you then? Um, usually eight 9 o'clock and I'm blessed too, because I have to stay up late either. So you are listening to the Ziegler show and our habits episode with Dr. Lee Warren. Next, I ask him about his career and he shares about his dual work as surgeon and writer. And he views his career as being about saving lives with his hands and learning lessons from those people so he can write about it and help others. So we'll dive right back in after I share some great products and services with you. Great. Works out well that way. Career. Uh, is the next one. And, uh, you know, what are the things you've done there though? It seems like you've had a pretty, uh, your career seems like it's been pretty consistent along the way. So, you know, I, I now view myself as sort of having two careers. Um, somebody asked me, uh, one of the interviews I did for this book that'll be coming out, um, in one of the Christian magazines was, do you consider yourself a surgeon who writes or a writer who operates right? right um and there's not i don't have a good answer for that because the way i see it is my career is about saving lives and improving the quality of lives and relieving pain and restoring function to people with my hands and then learning lessons from those people that i can write about to help other people 
Hmm. And so I've seen, I've just developed this idea that I can help. You know, I do about 400 surgeries a year. I probably see seven or eight or 9,000 people a year in my office. And that's a pretty big number. Mm -hmm. But if I look at there's however many billion people in the world, if I want to maximize my impact and spread the gifts that God's given me as far as I can, I have to reach more people than I can touch with my hands. And so writing to me gives me the opportunity and, you know, podcasting and blogging and all those things gives me the opportunity to, to take the lessons I've learned in this amazing career that God's given me and apply them to a larger group of people. Goodness. Um, I, and I really appreciate you saying that, that you take what you do with your hands. Uh, that's that common prayer of God, please bless the work of my hands. And then taking that and writing to help people more, you know, we mentioned, I think it was in, a, in, a, in the first show, we mentioned Mark Batterson and yeah. he talked about the same thing that he thought of himself as pastor author. And now that's flipped. And he really thinks of it as author pastor as well, just to what you said. Well, the last spoke is personal. And this is the thing I've generally said, you know, ask, these are the things that you do just for you, the fun, the play, but also putting in what, what I've started to is self-care, the things that you do, um, just for you. For instance, now I assume it's, it's you playing and I see the keyboard behind you, but, uh, you know, oh. so even the hobbies and, and whatnot. Elise is the keyboard player. Oh, I'm more guitar player. Oh, that's right. That's right. I see those back there. Okay. Got so it. I got a bunch of, I'm, I'm a, guitar player but yeah so music is important to both of us we actually met um, on the worship team at church okay. um and she was a singer and playing you know singing and playing keys and i was a guitar player singer and so that's always been a way that i get therapy is, is through music um hmm. and um being in wyoming we like to hike and, and drive around and see the amazing things that god's created here and um and i i, I like to play um outside we like water and we like mountains and and those sorts of things and now i've learned that i really do like to run and i like to ride bikes and and uh and and so learned to um try to carve out some balance my dad started kind of busting my chops a few years ago when he realized he had had the same problem with work-life balance and mm. he had seen that in me and he passed that work ethic on to me that you know i i will work harder than you will i'm, I'm not saying you yeah. but I, I, my thing has always been I might not be as big as you or as strong as you or as fast as you, but if we get on a treadmill at the same time, I'll go till you drop dead. I'm not going to quit before you do, right? I'm going to work harder than you do. And, and I thought that was a valuable thing. And it is in some ways, it is in a career format, but it's also when God says that he's a creator of things and he expects us to take that seventh day to recreate ourselves. Right. So that I think there's a, there's a spiritual discipline of learning to, to recreate yourself through play and downtime and creativity and all those other things. And I'm at 50 years old. I'm finally getting that. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Reset. Somebody just brought to me recently to take the time to reset and be able to come back full. Well, thank you for taking us behind the scenes and just sharing what's happening. Uh, that helps you. I, I really, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that about being an entrepreneur and writing. If you're going to add those things in, we've got to make time. Where's it going to come from? Because so many people listening, including myself, are always dealing with that. Thanks again for taking your time with us, Lee. Absolutely. Appreciate being on your show. Thanks. Well, there you have it, folks. Inspired sharing from Dr. Lee Warren. Again, I highly encourage you to check out his book, I've Seen the End of You. Coming up in episode 746, what does your faith do for you? Does it make any real difference? 
I mean, the headline itself is rife with controversy, but I think to any sane person, it's a fully legitimate question. We've all pondered to some degree an experience. It's one thing to have a belief. It's another thing to expect that belief or experience it, uh, you know, to change some of the really hard circumstances in our life or to help us achieve something that we want. This show is going to acutely dig up this subject in real life circumstances. As I do every week, I posted a question on Facebook and you can join me for these weekly discussions and help me by sharing your personal experiences and opinions, just find and friend me at Agent K, as in Kevin Miller, Agent K Miller. This week, I asked this question. Everyone has experienced some level of trauma in their life. Amidst it, how much did your personal faith tangibly help if it did at all? Oh my goodness, so many intimate responses. So I had Dr. Lee Warren join me to talk through uh, the comments. Uh, again, obviously from, from this show, he's a wealth of information of having dealt with this. So again, intimately for so long with so many people. Uh, folks, till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.